Hey everyone, and uh, welcome to the Outsider Report podcast feed brought to you by our brand new website, OutsiderReport.com. You can check out all of our articles and podcasts, podcasts and subscribe to Outsider Report's newsletter by going to OutsiderReport.com. Um, sign up for the newsletter, we'll hit you every week with everything we've written, all our podcasts. Really, it's great, can't miss it. Um, so I'm Elliot Marcus, a contributor to Outsider Report, here with Kyle Grand, another contributor. How are you doing tonight, Kyle? I'm good, man. How are you? Ready to go? Doing great. First ever podcast. Got a little pregame jitters, but trying to shake them out. Yeah. <laughs> I know, me too. I was feeling, I was didn't really know what to expect, but uh, I'm into it now, so I'm ready to get started. Yeah, I mean, we're in it. Just Hopefully, I just don't want to pull like an M&M 8 mile and just freeze up in front of a nation right now. <laughs> I think you'll be all right. right. We'll help each other through it. All right. That's what I need. All right. So today we will be talking about the Alabama Crimson Tide and if there is a team in college football that can take them down. So this is the first ever episode of The Right Pace, our new podcast. We're just starting tonight. Um, Again, make sure to subscribe to Outsider Report so you can listen to all our podcasts. Got a lot of great writers, a lot of great podcasts going on. And so, Kyle, yesterday or a couple of days ago at this point, you sort of profiled the college football landscape and walked us through any teams you thought would maybe have a chance of knocking off the juggernaut that is Alabama. You want to tell us a little bit about your article just to get started? Yeah, sure. Um, you know, we're getting down to the nitty-gritty here in the college football season. Um, I believe there's only three weeks left of the regular season. Um And so, once again, Alabama is uh, still at the top, and they have looked as dominant as ever, um, and they continue to be number one as they have been the whole season. Um, So now the conversation that I wanted to start and think about is, you know, who is – if there is somebody out there that can challenge them and and keep them from repeating, who is it? And uh, so I went through, you know, the – top five most likely candidates in the country right now um, that I think have the best shot at uh, knocking them off their throne um, and um, and uh, replacing them as uh, of the champion. All right. And just before we get started, do you have a, a college football team you support? Are you more of just a fan of the overall landscape? Or? Um, you know, when you're from Indiana and um, – my dad and my myself and my brother all went to a very very small school called Wabash College, and it's Division three. Um, so that's a lot where our loyalties lie. You know, if you're in Indiana, it's pretty much so Notre Dame guy. or nothing. Yeah, I'm a D three guy, but you know, in this state, it's really Notre Dame or nothing. But I guess if I had to pick, you know, my my mom went to IU. I've been watching more IU football the last couple of years. I I watch them, um, but it's not like I have you know, a diehard allegiance to uh, a team in Division One. I. I just kind of enjoy it for what it is on Saturday yeah, okay. afternoons. All right. Well, my buddy's a big Purdue fan, but I won't tell him I'm doing a podcast right. with you. <laughs> keep that. Keep that that's on the right. down. Yeah, that game's coming up. That game's coming up. The Oaken Bucket is coming up. So uh, uh, that's always a good ready. one here in the state of Indiana. Yeah. But, no, I mean, you know, when you look across, um, you know, there's really a handful of teams that um, I think really have a legitimate shot um, to take down Alabama. And, um, you know, I started off with Washington as my number five team. I picked five. Washington was number five. Um, and a lot of people like myself probably haven't watched them play. 
I don't know how much you've watched them play. No, uh, I mean, that's something I, was, I wanted to bring up. I mean, no, I've not watched much Washington football. And is there such thing as a Northwest college football bias? Because, I mean, shout out to Jack and Wilson who write for the site. Northwest yeah. guys, great guys. But, you know, I just, I see, I see Washington and I'm not sold. It's just pure bias. Well, it's that whole Pac-12 thing. You know, when we're over here on the East Coast, we the Pac-12 games don't start till 1030 at night. And we're either out and about on Saturday night um, or sometimes they play on Friday and we're just not paying attention. So, I mean, the only the first time I really watched them was when they demolished Stanford earlier in the season, and that's kind of when they made everybody's radar. Um, you know, they were ranked preseason, but I don't think a lot of people really took them seriously. You know, um, but, I mean, they, I mean, that was a beatdown of Stanford, um, mm-hmm. and that kind of woke everybody up. And since then, I mean, you know, they're just putting up points. I mean, they're averaging the second most points in the country behind Louisville. Um, their quarterback, Jake Browning, um, is in the Heisman conversation. He's a stud. But the thing that worries me is just I don't know how much, how battle-tested they're going to be. Um, right, and you brought you that know, up the, in your article, questions about strength of schedule there, even with Browning playing out of his mind. What is it, like, thir- what do you say, 36 touchdowns, three picks or something? 34, yeah, so you're close, 34. Um, and, you know, that, that matters. I mean, it's, I mean, who you play matters. I mean, that, in the build-up to uh, – um, to the end of the season, you know, and the Pac-12 has been pretty down this year. You know, USC's had a resurgence late, but if you look at Oregon, if you look at Stanford, um, you know, the traditional teams are way down. Even Arizona had a couple of good run, have a couple of good years here lately. They're in uh, in the dumps this year as well. So the Pac-12 was way down. They've been running the table, um, but really, their only um, I would say solid win is at Utah, and Utah's a good football team. But, I mean, you have one solid win. Um, I just don't know if they're going to be battle-tested enough. Um, if they ever met against Alabama, that would be a totally different ball game for them, I think. Yeah, I mean, it just it seems like a different class. So just speaking of, you know, kind of touching on how difficult it is to watch West Coast games, how much college football would you say you get to take in a week? Uh, man, I mean, pretty much from noon till 7 every Saturday. I would say that is unless dedication. I'm working. That is yeah, absolute dedication. Working. I mean, I've got a lot, I've got a group of friends that we just, that's kind of what we do. I mean, we balls in the Saturday or, or football time um, for me. So, um, you know, and then once it gets towards Friday or Saturday night, then I'm not really paying as much attention. But, <laughs> yeah. It gets a little, yeah, it gets yeah. a little hazier on Saturday yeah. nights. <laughs> hey, yeah, think, yeah. Think, things um, tend to get a bit fuzzy. Yeah. I just didn't want to say it out loud. So thanks for that. Um, you know, all yeah. The, so, all, the, I mean, all the kids out there, wait till you're 21. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, I do, I do take in a lot of college football. So, I've done so more here recent, recently in the past couple of years, so um, I feel yeah, like I'm me, pretty in tune with it. For me, just as I feel like I've gotten older from you know, high school, like I was the same. I was every Saturday in front of the couch all day, and I love college football. It's just it's gotten harder and harder to keep up for me. I feel like so. You know, good for you that you've been able to stay in touch because. Like you said, I mean, it's tough to beat college football, and I still watch, like, the big games this year. And, unfortunately, right. Boston College, my hometown team, you know, that's been a disaster. It's like a lap. Yeah, they've been – they've had a couple down years. I mean, they had that really good defense last year. Yeah, a waste of a uh, dominant defense. Yeah, <laughs> that's, like, the best defense in the country. And Yeah. Yeah, if you don't have an offense, it's kind of a problem. No, nah, they're, they're and, per- perennially, like, the first act of, like, the bad news bears or the replacements, like, <laughs> before they before they rally together and get good. Like, that just never happens. Right. But uh, I was lucky. And, and, no, go, oh, ahead. go ahead. Go ahead. 
I was just going to say, I was lucky enough to have season tickets to BC during the Matt Ryan era, so I got to see some, okay. good, some good football in person. Okay. Well, I was just going to say, you know, when you talk about a really great defense and not having offense, the thing about all these teams I wrote about is that, I mean, out for the exception of, um, of Auburn, I mean, these other teams, I mean, score at will and stop you. I mean, Washington is the – 11th best defense in the country. Michigan is number uh, one, right above Alabama. Um, you know, and Louisville and Clemson uh, are both solid. So, you know, these teams are, it's it's kind of a new age. I mean, it's, I don't want to say a new age, but, you know, a lot of people always think of Alabama as having dominant defenses. I mean, um, they're scoring about 40 points a game, uh, which is crazy to think about. And sa- same with Michigan. Yeah, that's, uh, Michigan, some, that's some firepower. Yeah, it is. It is. And, you know, Michigan, you know, they're putting up 47 points a game and they're only letting in 10. I mean, that differential is insane to think about. Right, especially um, when you consider kind of like the style of play the Big Ten is known for, the kind of grinded out running game football, tough defenses, cold weather, putting up 47 right. a game. Right. Even with and, the changes. And, I, and, that's, and that's not usually Jim Harbaugh's mantra either. You know, his mantra at Stanford was, you know, slow and steady, we're going to pound the ball. But they've figured out here at Michigan that they've just figured out they're going to do kind of similar, and then they just kill you with the play-action pass. And they just go deep down the field, um, and it helps with their defense, gives them good field position, you know, uh, quarter in and quarter out. Where do, where do you land on the uh, Harbaugh brothers in general? Are you a fan? Um... I am, yeah. I mean, you know, I loved Jim Harbaugh when he was here as a Colt when I was a kid. Um, And, I mean, I think he's a little over the top at times. You know, the past two weeks, the stuff where he's losing his mind when they're up 40, 45 points is a little ridiculous. He uh, does does not lack passion. But that's what makes these guys the best. I mean, Saban did it earlier this year when he shoot out Lane Kiffin up 40. I mean, that he's... And that's why these programs are just where they are, I think, is that it has, it's a special personality um, to win, it takes to be a winning coach. You have to have some type of crazy in you, and he clearly does. I mean, I, I think his act eventually wears thin on people, um, but, you know, he's winning, and he's winning big. So um, I'm sure they're, he can do – they're excited to have him down there, and these little – you know things he does at the end of games, or they really don't probably think about. If you're a Michigan fan, I would imagine. I'm sure they're very happy with with everything about him right now. At nine and zero, nine and zero, yeah, and number nine three. And so they're number still number three in the, three in the college football playoff behind Clemson. Um, right, in Michigan, they've had a lot. Uh, of, they've had a lot of talent, but they've had some up and down years lately. Right. Yeah. I mean, I mean even you know last year, his Harbaugh's first year. Um, it was a big improvement, but they still lost a few games, I think three or four. Um, but this year has been just totally different. I mean, there's just an edge. I mean, I don't know if you've watched them play, but they literally pound you into the ground. And it is for 60 minutes. I mean, it is no quit. Think, it doesn't matter about, if the reserves about, are in there. What do you think about Peppers for Heisman? Uh, it's... I don't think so. I mean, it's it's kind of the same thing when the whole Manti Teo thing was going. They just don't make enough plays. Um, Hopefully no catfish you know, coming at the end. 
Yeah, they just don't. I don't the defensive guys, and he and I know Peppers returns kicks and he plays offense, and I I just don't think they make enough big plays to uh, enough scoring plays and enough highlight plays put themselves in the Heisman conversation. Um, you know, if you look back to uh, you know Woodson, I think Woodson played a lot more receiver and had a lot of highlight return kicks that got him where he was. Um, to be the defensive Heisman. I mean, and also I don't think it really mm-hmm. matters because Lamar Jackson at Louisville is is just way over the top. I mean, it's what he's doing this year, and I wrote about it, you know, because Louisville was, you know, one of the five teams I had on here. Uh, what he's doing for them is is just insanity. Um, you know, when you watch him play and you, you see it's 40 to nothing in the second quarter and he's got five touchdowns already, uh, he – he's just in another class right now as far as uh, where the Heisman race is. Yeah, I mean, he's an unbelievable player. Even I saw Michael Vick maybe a couple weeks ago tweeting that he thought Lamar Jackson was better than ever he ever was at Virginia Tech. Um, I actually had the uh, the distinct pleasure of watching Lamar Jackson torch BC last week, and that was disgusting. Were my observations well, correct? Well. I mean, the guy is just, he's just ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, to be a dual threat of that quality and to maintain it over so far, like you said, like three quarters of a season, not a little more, it's, I mean, it's incredible. The level he's playing at is unrivaled. You know, I think the the passing numbers are, you know, wouldn't really pop out to you, I think. I mean, you know, Browning's putting up similar numbers or even more t- passing touchdowns than, than Jackson has, but I, I really think it's the running that puts him over the top. I mean, he's got over 1,100 yards on the ground, and he's got 19 rushing touchdowns. I mean, he's averaging 7.3 yards every right time there. he runs the ball. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, it's you're you're almost to a first down every time he runs the ball. I mean, he's almost picking up a first down every time he runs the ball. I mean, it's uh, and it's just it's forcing defenses, you know, totally out of whack, and and so that's why Louisville's on this list. Now they have out of everybody on this list, maybe except for Auburn. You know, they have the hardest road to get there because they lost to Clemson and they're on the same side of the ACC and they're not going to probably get a championship game um, opportunity, which would put them to 12-1. and one. Um, They're going to need somebody in front of them to lose the chance to get in the playoff. Um, but if they got in the playoff, I mean, I think these kind of quarterbacks are what scare Alabama and Nick Saban um, because there's just so much to account for. Right, you remember Johnny Manziel a couple of years ago was able to beat Bama, kind of the same right. same style, that dual threat. Very same, very similar. Raw, very similar, but I don't think. Yeah, and I, but I don't think Manziel was near the runner that uh, Lamar Jackson is, and I mean that's just a whole different dimension you have to look out for, um, and that's really why they make this list. You know, I. They've had a couple weird games. You know, that Duke game was strange. And they only won by 10 at home. Um, you know, I get you go on the road, it's hard. But, you know, they only beat Virginia by seven on the road. So they've had a couple little weird games there. Um, but they still just have so – I mean, they have, literally have one player um, that can make such a difference. Um, and, you know, Nick Saban is the greatest coach on the planet. But um, – you know, it's still going to be hard to game plan for somebody of his uh, caliber. Yeah. Are we including Belichick on that planet? Or 
We, we skip oh, ahead at that the college point. football. I've met college football. I mean, it wasn't <laughs> uh, include everybody. Say, just, you know, you know, I'm in Boston yeah, right I, now. I know. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I know. I knew. I, I figured it was coming. Um, and yeah, and just speaking back to, I mean, Lamar Jackson, like as you as you mentioned, um, they have Clemson ahead of them, same side of the conference. But that was an unbelievable game. That one I did watch in full, and just an incredible football game. One of the best of the season. And what it came down to was that fourth yeah, and twelve, it, and the guy, the guy just didn't reach for it, and that's that could be their season. Yeah, it it may be the the game of the year, you know, until we get to the playoff. Honestly, it might be the best regular season game we have. Um, I still think that Ohio State Michigan could get up there um, in a couple weeks, but yeah, I mean Clemson, you know, they just keep rolling right along, and Deshaun Watson, I don't think is having um, as big a year as you know we had last year but i mean they're still very very good and they're so deep um you know the reason why i didn't put them in front of well i'll get to why i put michigan in front of them but i put clemson as number two most likely to be able to knock off alabama because you know they've seen alabama there i mean if they went against alabama again there's no way they're going to be intimidated at all by alabama no um, i mean they you know, they, they showed they could that go game to last year with them yeah, I mean, they, I mean, outside of that kick return, I mean, outside of special teams last year, if you remember, Bama got the kick return and they got the onside kick. I mean, Clemson might win that. Right, those gonna are win the, that game. The, those are back to back, right? They scored a touchdown yeah, and onside kicked right after. So, I'm not sure if they're back to back, but they, but yeah. you might be right. But I mean, still, just I mean, they lost a special teams battle, um, and that was the difference. I mean, they, that was the difference between them being national champions. So. You know, they know they can play. Deshaun Watson's similar to Jet to Lamar Jackson. He's not as much of a dual threat, but he can he can use his legs. Um, and they would I mean they they have athletes and they have the personnel um, to play against an Alabama. Right, and like you mentioned, they they've been there. Watson's been through it, he knows the big right. stage, he's familiar, he thrives in it. No, and I mean, speaking of, again, I just keep going back to Boston College. I was actually at yeah, the Clemson-BC game in, in the yeah. Heights, as we call our uh, alumni stadium, and uh, just a thrashing, just demoralizing. <laughs> <laughs> they are well, I mean, quick, the thing about college football, big, I mean, the talented top teams team. are just so much better. Yeah, the, the top teams are just so much better, um, and, and you can see it, and it just, you know, it, 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 it's just amazing to watch some of these offenses play. You know, they, I mean, they're just so explosive and they're so fast. Um, and, and Alabama has some of that now. And that's what makes Alabama scary is that, you know, Hurts, their quarterback, you know, is a runner and they run him out all the time and he gives defenses. So all the teams that we said can give them problems with their dual threat quarterback, they have one of the best dual threat quarterbacks in the country. Um, so beating Alabama is, is going to be a tall task for anybody. Um, but, you know, I think the third to my list here, Auburn, I think Auburn is an interesting, interesting team just for the fact that it's that – I mean, it's that rivalry, and those games are always weird. You can never – you never know what's – Right, I mean, I mean. The home field and all that kind of go out the window during a rivalry game because, you know, they've played against each other so many times, and um, teams just seem to get up for that atmosphere. Right, I mean, we can't talk Iron Bowl without talking about the kick six. I mean, that's just yeah. that's rivalry games, and it, it what the best thing about rivalry games one of the best moments in sports. 
just anything is liable to go off when you get to the Iron Bowl, Auburn, Alabama. People poisoning trees, I think, happened a couple years ago. Yeah, 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 that guy, yeah. Yeah, that was bad. <laughs> I think he went to yeah, jail, I'm not totally I, sure, but I think he might have went to jail. Yeah, no, I, um, I think he was, was in fact jailed for poisoning. I forget, was yeah. an Alabama fan poisoning an Auburn tree? Yeah, it was an or, Alabama fan. I can't remember yeah, which he one. he went down to Tumors. He went down to Tumors, um, which is where the famous trees were where they always go and, um, you know, throw the toilet paper rolls over the trees after a big win. Um, yeah, he, uh, he went down there and put some poison in there. Not a good moment. In uh in college football history there and you know those things shouldn't transcend the game it should just be a, a fun atmosphere but but I mean when you think about Auburn um you know they're seven and two but they've won six in a row um and when they you know early in the season um their head coach you know Malzahn was on the hot seat and now all of a sudden they're rolling I mean they're, they've won six in a row. You know, the SEC, they've beaten middle-of-the-pack SEC teams. Um, but, I mean, they'll be ready for Alabama, and it's a rivalry game, and you just never know. I mean, they, and, and they still have a lot to play for. You know, if they somehow knocked off Alabama in Tuscaloosa, then won the SEC championship game, you're suddenly sitting there at 10-2, and two, just defeating the number one team, winning the conference, I mean, they're going to be in the playoff, right? Um, and this, I mean, so this is a rivalry a lot, so a lot intense. To play for, right? And so this is a rivalry where even if Auburn had nothing to play for, those guys are going to come out fired up to beat Alabama and ruin their season. But as you mentioned, there's there's stakes for both teams, right? And 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 that's really why I moved them up. A lot of people might be like, well, you know, why wouldn't you put Washington or Louisville closer? I mean, Auburn's not as good as those teams. Yes, Auburn. Uh, it's probably not near as talented as Louisville um, and not as talented as Washington, but there's just something about knowing your opponent, um, being a conference rival, and being the biggest rivalry in college football um, that I think elevated them up to a top three spot. Um, you know, I wouldn't be – I mean, I think Alabama's going to win that game because I think being in Tuscaloosa is going to help and also Alabama's just more talented. But, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Auburn keeps it close. Are you speaking of uh, thinking Alabama's going to win? Are you much of a betting man? you ever bet on the college football? Uh, no, no. No, that's good. Keep keep it clean. Keep it fun. <laughs> yeah. No, not for me. Um, but, you know, I always look and see. I think it's always interesting to look at, at what the, the Vegas spreads are. Um just to kind of get a sense of, you know, what, how they rate these teams. Um, and so it's been interesting to see how Alabama has been so heavily favored by, over everybody. I mean, the, num- the, the numbers are crazy, um, and that's just, but that's just how good they are, you know. Right. Yeah, my uh, degenerate, degenerate roommates are out there betting on Ravens-Browns Thursday night football right now. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's <laughs> about to kick off, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's just gearing up. That should be some some great football. There's you yeah. know Thursday night you can always rely on right. quality there. Thursday night weird games, yeah. Um, but I guess I mean if if we want to, I mean, did you see anything on here that you disagreed with? I mean, do you want to talk about Michigan? You know what what did you think? Does this look like a pretty solid list to you, or anything that, that caught your eye? 
Yeah, I mean, clearly you watch more college football than I do. So right away, I mean, like you said, I think Auburn, bold choice in front of Louisville. That would be one. I'd maybe switch, but definitely see where you're coming from. Rivalry games, you never know what's going to happen. Michigan, Clemson, again, no complaints there. I, I trust your rankings. I'm I'm getting a good feel that you're you're might be a little bit of a college yeah. football expert. Washington, <laughs> I don't know, like I said, well, I'm not I'm not su- I'm not super sold on them, but for no no empirical evidence, just pure Northwest bias. Again, sorry Wilson, sorry Jack. I love you guys, but right. Well, I mean, I I'd, I'd I like to, to see it. Washington. I need, I need get Washington in. to prove it. Yeah, I'd like to see them get in. I mean, they're because the Pac-12 is down. You know, if they lose. And they go eleven and one, um, and still win their, you know, win the the Pac-12. You know, I don't know if they'll get in over Louisville. Um, it's going to be a hard decision, uh, but I would like to see them get in just to see because they would probably be the four, and the four is going to play the one, who would most likely be Alabama, and I think that would be intriguing. I think, you know, Chris Peterson. From Boise State, he is used to winning those huge bowl games when he's the massive underdog at Boise State. He's a good coach. I mean, they have a high-flying offense. I mean, it'd be it'd be interesting to see, you know. But Alabama always now, seems you, to come uh, out prepared for those games. But I mean, be, I want Washington to get in just to see what they're truly made of, you know, on the national stage. Yeah, are you and are you putting Ohio State anywhere near this picture? I mean, they got Michigan last game of the well, season. See, that's that, a good football yeah, team. Yeah, I know, and 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 uh, you know, I, that would be the one Ohio I maybe would have gone like Ohio, Ohio State. State over over Washington. I like Ohio State. I just their road is a lot tougher. You know, they do get Michigan at home, and if, I mean, obviously, if they beat Michigan and they win the Big Ten, they're in. You know, and Michigan is suddenly out. Um, but, you know, they've had some weird results, too. I mean, you know, Indiana hung with them for a while and looked good against them. Northwestern hung with them. Um, you know, they only beat Northwestern by four. Um, you know, they, they already have a loss. Now, granted, it's at Penn State. That is a tough place to play at night, you know, with you know under the lights. Um, you know, those are hard games to play, so I don't blame them. Uh, you know, they had a tough game against Wisconsin, so – I just don't think they've looked on the same level. If you look at some of these other teams, like a Michigan, um, like a Washington, they just haven't looked at that same type of elite level. Now, they're definitely elite. They're right outside. They'd be number six, honestly. Um, but they're right outside. But they just had some just some weird games. I mean, I think if Tommy Armstrong doesn't get hurt in that Nebraska game, it's a, it's a, it's not a 62-3 to blowout. So there's some question marks with Ohio State. I mean, still a great team this year. And obviously, if they beat Michigan, um, you know, they're going to shut me up and they'll have a track to the playoff. Um, but right now, um, as it stands right now, I, I think this is the list I'm going with. And um, I think Michigan has just been – Michigan has been just so impressive and so superior to me um, compared to every other team in the rest of the country. All right. Also, just going back, a little fun fact I unearthed in my – my very quick research before this podcast. So going back to the kick six, Auburn against yeah. Alabama, that was a hundred yard return. It was tied for the longest of that season. Any guess who that was tied with? What player? Uh, what player? He's in. He's in the NFL, and he's he's a standout. 
Give me a also hit. Also, an SEC guy. SEC. I don't know. Odell Beckham? There you go. Uh, I got it. Got it. The only reason the only reason I thought of that is because I remember seeing uh, a YouTube video of him one hand catching uh, kickoff returns, and that made me think that he returned kicks. <laughs> yep, hundred yards tied for the yeah. longest that season. Yeah. So, so I, I mean, that one catch he had was obviously you know like the best catch ever, one of the best catches ever in, in, in the NFL. But I mean, there's this video he's literally in warm-ups just catching kick returns and you know a kick return i mean that ball is coming in hot like and it's spinning and he's just sitting there oh. catching him with one hand it's incredible so um you know i can see and he's so dynamic with the ball i can see that uh, that's a good guess on my part part but i can see it i can see him getting a hundred yard return yeah i'm i'm impressed that was that was a nice guess <laughs> yeah i didn't google it either I didn't. I probably. I, I, I try. I, that's all trust on on the right pace. Which, by the yeah. way, a little bit of a yeah. sensual podcast name we chose. <laughs> Definitely a bit of a literary. Good laugh today when you mentioned <laughs> that. Yeah, that was a good laugh. A bit of a, a, bit of an af- aphrodisiac in the uh, in the yeah. podcast world. Do I, is there right. such thing as aphrodisiacs right. in podcasting? Maybe those two. Maybe just too far apart. But... I'm sure you could find one. I'm <laughs> sure you could find some out there if you if you search hard enough. But. Yeah, there's a lid for every you. pot. Yeah. Well, I mean, do you want to just touch on Michigan real quick before we head out? Yeah, your number one team. Let's let's hear yeah. your your thoughts on the blue. Well, I mean, you know, kind of like I said, I mean, they just have a they have a very Alabama style where they just come at you um, from beginning to the end. I mean, it's every single play. Their goal is to punish you. Um, and I think their defense is right on par with Alabama's. Now, they don't have the NFL talent that Alabama has, but, I mean, they've played just as well as Alabama's defense has. But, I mean, just look at some of these score lines. I mean, they beat Hawaii by 60, Penn State by 39. They beat Rutgers 78-0. to They beat Illinois by 33. And last week they beat Maryland by 56. I mean, those are just absolute beatdowns. Um and they do it on all sides of the ball, um, and Harbaugh is just relentless, and they play like their coach. All right, and uh, just uh, one last just general question before we sort of wrap this up. Do you have any sort of kind of defining college football memories, what, like, cemented you as a fan, maybe a fanatic, if you would call yourself that? Was it gradual? How did you enter this college football world? Um, I think it was more just, you know, I played at at Wabash, so I was playing D3. Um, so I didn't really watch a lot of football because I was involved in it. You know, I mean, we'd get done with the game on Saturday and, you know, I really wasn't interested in, in, uh, watching, you know, division one football at the time. I was just needed a break on Saturday nights. Um, but I think just after, you know, I was graduated and I finally got to sit down and actually watch it on Saturdays. You know, it just brings you back. It brings you back to the crowd, and it brings you back to the, the stadium and being on a team and um, and watching these guys go at it. And, and it's competitive, and it's um, and it's fun. I mean, it's just fun to watch college football teams go at it. You know, it's a much different style than the NFL. Um, it's way higher pace. It's um, way higher scoring. 
Um, and that's what really has drawn me to it uh, in the last uh, few years. All right. And so, so just real quick, how was your experience playing uh, D3 college football? I mean, it seems like you have pretty fond memories, but just what was that like? I feel like that's a pretty, pretty unique thing that not a lot of people get to experience. It was good. I mean, you know, it's, it's still quality competitive football. I mean, it's just the time commitment is just so different. You know, it's, you know, you still have a life outside of football. Um, you know, you're not on these scheduled, these work, you're not doing working out as much or it's not the responsibilities. Um, you know, we practiced every day from, um, four to six. Um, and you know, it's still high quality, fun football. Um, it's just the, the size differences and, um, you know, the players and the speed, um, and uh, it's just really the time commitment is the biggest difference. But I mean, I had a blast. You know, it's a being a part of a team is something that's awesome. It's uh, uh, you know a big team like that. You don't really find that too often. That kind of experience. So it's a once in a lifetime thing. Um, you learn a lot from it. You meet a lot of great people. Um, you learn about yourself and what you can do, what you can accomplish, and uh, you know it's just cherished memories. Cherished memories for me. Oh, for sure. So, there any uh, YouTube highlight reels we should be on the lookout for? Uh, no. I mean, I was a long snapper, so not very many highlight reels for me. You know, I. Hey, for, you know, my job for the was true way, football if fans, my, if we, do, we we appreciate if I'm doing the long my job, snapper. It means I'm if I'm doing my job right, it means I'm under the radar. So, uh, no no real highlights for me. Trust me, if if there was, I would have jumped at the chance to tell you about it, but. No, not for me. I, I I tried to fly under the radar and just do my job. All right. Well, you guys, you guys are the real heroes. You know, shout out uh, Joe Cardona <laughs> on the Patriots. Great long snapper. Yeah, I appreciate teams, you, Joe. Appreciate you, Kyle. Yeah, I'm, never, a, I'm a special teams junkie, man. I mean, I Mark what Marquette King did to the Broncos, I thought was hilarious. Um, that was awesome. You know, the dancing after the after he was down at punts. You know, I thought the he whole is thing make, on he's making punt. Was a, yeah, yeah. I said he's making punting great again. Was, yeah, he is. Yeah, him and Pat McAfee here in Indianapolis, uh, the Colts punter, uh, does kind of the same routine. Um, I thought the stuff on Monday night with the Seahawks was ridiculous. Um, you know, just going after the kicker, and um, you know, I think he. I don't know if he meant to hurt him, but I mean, it looked a little it looked weird that he would take that angle to try to get the ball and we're talking about richard yeah, sherman was, on monday that night, was so. bush league in my opinion yeah it was just it was it was an interesting angle he took to get the ball um so yeah i'm all about the special yeah. team stuff and uh i love a good special teams play and a, a good special teams touchdown here and there all right well that's good to know we got love doing podcasts with a special teamer you know yeah, you guys are the behind the scenes right. guys I gotta hold it down. just grind get the job done that's right that's, that's what you want to see out of a podcaster yeah all right so i guess that's probably gonna wrap it up for us tonight is that true yeah i think that's it man this is a good first run for us i'm, I'm feeling yeah good. i think i think I'm, I'm liking it as well so just uh as we wrap this up this again was the right pace with kyle and elliot thank you for taking the time to listen um, and again, be sure to check out OutsiderReport.com. Stay up to date on our latest articles and podcasts on Monday, which 
um, sorry, Monday, we have Luke Francis writing an epic poem, that's capital E, capital P, big news epic poem about the life of Ron Artest slash Meta World Peace. And then he and Jonathan Gilly will be discussing that article on their Podlight Moonlight on Tuesday. That's going to be a can't miss. I mean, that's an epic poem. This is not a regular small time poem. So yes, we're going to want to tune in there. Subscribe to our podcast feed. Subscribe to our newsletter. A lot of good stuff. Just trying to, you know, get you guys through the day out there. So Kyle, any of you have anything to say? Looks like Kyle's all set. So I think that'll be us for uh, for uh, tonight. And thank you guys for listening. <laughs>